Thought it was over till I pulled up in the drop. I ran a light, hit the all right we're back once again folks live in greenwood bonjour shalom and what's up and welcome back to episode 97 Oh, how you living? The only podcast recorded live in Greenwood from atop the million dollar studios in the Chaz Tower and here in the just paid rent compound. And wow, uh, the show coming at you live in the summertime of Seattle, coming towards the close of summer, uh, which always starts with a simple question. To my friend and compadre in arms, Chaz Simmons, how you living? You know, it's very interesting uh, because I'm remembering now that the two conventions are over. I'm remembering to just four years ago when I was sitting at work watching the RNC, wondering what they were talking about, wondering what their politics were back when I was a fresh little politics babs. All right, I didn't really get into politics before then, quite honestly. Right. I was, I was basically just like, what's that? Oh, you can vote Wonder- for weed? Yeah. Like, Wondering if the Republicans <laughs> were going to turn on Trump at the last minute, you know? Yeah, because it was very interesting to see that everyone thought that Jeb Bush was going to be the nominee that year. Classic, you know, dynasty of the Republican Party, right? To his uh, brother, sorry, yeah, his brother and his father were already president, so, you know. Right, and then Trump was like, "No, build that wall, bitch!" And it was like, "What the fuck is this?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And 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 we thought it was nepotism when it was the Bushes. Yeah, yeah. Trumps have nepotism in spades, man. (laughs) Uh, But we will get into that. Uh, But what we like to do on this show, before we start running with the headlines that are in your face these days, we like to look back a little bit on the things that are current now, but have also been current before in a little segment we like to call callbacks. Callbacks. Oh, yeah. And uh, this week, uh, what, what do you got on the agenda of things that we've been speaking about in the past episodes today for a callback segment? That, that's honestly why I kind of brought up the uh, the previous conventions. It was not like, I don't know if we've ever blatantly talked about them on the show, but kind of just like that feeling of like, and I remember too, <clears throat> and I, I hate to bring up old wounds, my progressive friends, I, I, but I know, <laughs> but I know how we felt like looking at the DNC and it's when like, it, it's it's the moment I realized I was watching the RNC and the DNC and neither of them appealed to me. Um, and, but the DNC more so than the RNC, but then both, right. both having the emails leaked and having this air of implicity that, like, this is what we needed next, it was like, I had just moved back to the States when Barack Obama was elected. I was like, hell yeah, America, go you, right? And, right. Uh, and then after this, I was like, I mean, I'm still, I'm not, I mean, I'm not broke, broke, but I'm like, you know, it's hard out here for a pimp. Right. And it's like, and what what has this presidency really done for me in that? Nothing. Like if I looked in politics, the only thing that I wanted is uh, we sell alcohol in grocery stores and you can buy weed now. 
So it's right. like, mm, what? So, and then especially since like in my online spaces too, like more hateful rhetoric and more um, just sort of people who were coming out of the woodwork of being blatantly racist, being blatantly sexist, being blatantly homophobic and everything. And that whole nine, it made me wonder like, what what's going on here? What led y'all to be doing this? And that's when I started like looking into it. I was like, oh God, oh God. We took America yeah. for granted. Oh lordy. <laughs> so. Well, exactly. And it uh it ends up that it's just back to its own old tricks, mm-hmm. you know. That uh you know, and it's 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 unfortunate that you know, with the the racism and the and the movements that we have right now in the protests and everything that you know, there's a real opportunity for this country to take a step forward mm-hmm. and to somehow have the, the like, you know, it's, it's, it's our turn. We, we've been downtrodden and all this kind of storyline going for um, certain parts of, you know, white America, essentially, and have somehow their voices coalesce into a candidate like Trump. And, and it worked. Is, is so negative for the direction that our country was going and mm-hmm. also just so backwards to um, the kind of thoughts that we were having during, like, the Obama presidency about, you know... I mean, weren't there moments... <laughs> there were moments in the Obama presidency that people started talking about the phrase post-racism, you know? Oh, like, yeah! It, people love that like, shit! Like, his election had, like killed racism it's like, and then we got a, somewhere we got a black the trump president. voters were like hold my beer right it's like we got president <laughs> you know racism isn't here anymore yeah you know yeah. so like, i'm barack obama like mm, yeah that's how that works i mean other than like covid pausing uh my student loan debt there hasn't really been a single measure that this president has done that's affected me in a positive measure mm-hmm. um and and I'm definitely one to like I don't want to ignore the situations that he's done that is positive. So in that particular measure, it 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 does affect me positively, and it does affect millions of um, students with bad loans positively. But you know, it was mostly kind of to appease um, <clears throat> the growing uh, sentiment that that he wasn't doing anything to respond to COVID. And so he just started trying everything, basically throwing money at the problem at every chance he could. And um, mm-hmm. that just happened to be one of the measures that he did. So, um, you know, every bad president has a couple things that they do right. But on on the whole, uh, he's he's done some pretty terrible things. And the checks and balances of power seem to be more at risk than ever. Um, you know, he's he's the his executive orders are basically circumnavigating Congress at this point, you know, um, he's probably going to do a stimulus plan through an executive order at some point. He has if, tried uh, that. Hasn't he? Like he's talked about it. Like but, I think and, one of them that he did was one where he's trying to add $300 to, um, the, what's it called? To unemployment payments. And he took it from some government funds this happened a few weeks ago, so I don't remember the uh, specifics. But I do remember listening to some podcasts. I kind of critiqued him for it and kind of did the, like, eh, he's kind of skirting the line. Like, there's only so money you can actually, like, dig into with executive orders, and he did that. And 
and through that, people are supposed to be getting half of the benefits that they got before from that first CARES Act thing. Right. But at the last time that I listened to it, only three states have actually implemented it. So, like, but overall, when I think about, like, anybody's balance between good or bad, whether you're an average person that we've met in the street or you're the president of the United States, you have to think about, like, how much impact does those bad things versus good things have overall and then... In culmination, like, I guess, what is the overall ratio of impact and stuff? And definitely Trump right. has a worse ratio of things that adversely affect people across the board. Then he has things that have uh, primarily helped people. Now, there are, right. like, things where people will talk about where some business owners have been thriving during all this. And definitely, I can say anecdotally that, like, my money really hasn't changed since 45 has become president, which... It's a good thing, I guess, but I know other people's have, especially in the pandemic. And yeah, well, for sure, right? And like doing and and because he like there are principal things that previous presidents have set up for him, and because he's a petty ass bitch, and he took some of those things away, those things that were set up to do the principal things that get the outcomes that benefit the most people and mitigate the most damage weren't available to us. So now right. we have this clusterfuck that is quasi-social distancing in some places, people getting tired of your bullshit and meeting up, and then one of the members of that group has COVID, nobody knows, and then the rest of the group gets it. And then sadly, we hear a news story about someone passing away because they went to hang out with their parents or they went to hang out right. with their friends or something like that, right? And of course, we can always admonish the fact that's not the way it should be, but because we live in a fucked up timeline, this is the way they are. And and I hope that, like, it, the election can be a referendum for that. I hope we are saying enough to enough people. I just mean collectively, like you and me through this podcast, through other people who listen to this podcast and tell their friends. But just overall that we're telling people that, like, he had the tools and the mechanisms to handle this better. Not only did his, like, short-term goals fuck us in that way, but his moment-to-moment actions are fucking us continually day after day, too, right? And if you don't want him to take any responsibility for doing that, the fuck you mean, right? That's that's right. that's where I'm at, right? Like, so, um, but yeah. But yeah, it's always, like, you don't want to be, like, you know, a broken clock is right two times a day or something like that, as people like to say. Is that the idiom we use for things like that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The the sun shines on the dog's ass every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and you know uh, the you know, and also in our kind of callback segment, um, pretty much every topic that we've touched on has come up in the news in the last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle was it Rittenhouse? Kyle Rittenhouse, yeah, gun control. the terrorists. Um... Uh, and the uh, and the and the two-sided coin of of gun ownership, you know, uh, Philan- uh, what was his name? Uh, Philando Castile uh, mm-hmm. gets shot as a registered gun owner, admitting that he has a gun mm-hmm. um, in a car, and uh, you know, Kyle gets to walk around after shooting people with an IR-15, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> and then um, you know the the response to uh, what happened in Kenosha. So uh, unarmed black people uh, being shot, obviously being shot seven times. So excessive force being used. Um, You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's just ongoing 
cycle of how you living episode uh, titles and, and, and subject matter um, compacted into like weeks now within a week, you know, you'll get like 30 of our topics. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's yeah. very interesting <clears throat> that this week started um, like, well, man, I should look these up before I hit on here, but actually I wasn't really thinking about talking about this stuff today. I wanted to actually keep it to the, um, uh, what's it called? To the conventions and what we need to do, like from a political action standpoint, because I, I'm probably so numb to this that I, I, it's sad that I say it's the same shit, different America, like same America, same shit, right? But that's that's what it's getting to right now, right? Until we like change our police force, yeah, we're gonna have police officers that use excessive force. No, they're not gonna be penalized by the law. Yes, we're gonna have riots over it. Or, yes, we're going to have, um, what's it called? Um, protests. Protests over it. Yes, you know, the police officers are going to try to make themselves look good, right? The parents are going to go up there and talk about it and say how their son or their daughter was. Like, of course, we're going to get the same shit, right? Like, like yeah. so until we make effective change, the fuck, right? I mean, I can only talk about it so goddamn much. So it's like... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, and that, you know, to a degree is what they want. Mm -hmm. that you know, you become numb to it and it, and it isn't shocking, you know, um, that's been the case with school shootings. That's been the case with, um, the violence from police against minorities and, you know, the, the world keeps turning and they keep happening. So, well, those are our callback segments. Obviously, um, they are callbacks, meaning if you go back <laughs> through our catalog, you can yes, see, sir and hear more information about those topics and, and items that we've um, uh, gone over in the past. And they're all available at howyouliving.com. And you can just kind of browse through the episode description to see uh, how we discuss some of those items. But with that, we are officially in the episode. Bam, bam, bam. So Time for our favorite game. Can we name what episode this is correctly? Nine to seven. With 97? Oh, shit. 97. 97. Uh, good year. Solid year. Um, so, yeah. So here we are. Episode 97. Uh, it is uh, the 1st of September. Uh, we're coming up on Labor Day. Uh, a strange amalgamation of sports occurring right now. Like, every sport is happening. Football is even kicking off next week. But you've got hockey playoffs, NBA playoffs, MLS has started a season again, uh, WNBA, um, baseball. <laughs> it's like it's the, for the first time ever, every single major sport is going to be happening at the same time because of the COVID delays. Yeah, so, that's crazy. Usually it happens in October, <laughs> right when the uh, hockey and basketball seasons uh, begin. But yeah. never has the WNBA cross-sectioned with any of the... Uh, major yeah. league sports because they're always just like late After. spring um summer, summer to early fall <laughs> yeah uh shout out to my portland timbers for winning the mls is back tournament getting a bit into the champions league yes. uh they've uh they've since gone to lose to their rival seattle and uh and they tied uh rl salt lake on wednesday four to four so mm. or saturday four to four so uh, it's uh, it's been a, a, an interesting restart. And shout out to my Portland Trailblazers for making a solid run in the bubble NBA playoffs, challenging the number one seed LA Lakers with LeBron James. Uh, 
winning the first match, having a chance at winning the second, and almost having a chance at winning the last game five. But alas, LeBron and his squad uh, triumphed, and uh, my Blazers got sent home. But uh, shout out to them. And with that, we are in the episode, and we are here to talk about those crazy events we had over the last two weeks, the Democratic National Convention and the Republican National Convention. So where do you want to start, Chaz? Let's start with the motherfuckers that say the best is yet to come. The fuck you mean, RNC? Like... Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, to, to give my kind of brief synopsis before we start diving in, wow. I mean, first of all, they somehow made political television must-see TV. <laughs> I, I could not... I was watching the live feed that, like, not the ones that were on, like, the networks where they'd cut back to panels. I was watching the, like, actual Republican National Convention feed because they would put some wild speakers in between the, like, headliners. You know, you'd have, like, uh, Fox News pundits and, like, uh, legislators and, and representatives you'd never heard of. Um, and But then here, here are the kind of highlights that I want to bring up. Trump uh, pardoned a bank robber during the process Are of the RNC. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you don't know about this? No, no, I don't know any of the deep shit that happened. So, yeah, there was a, 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 it was a black man. Uh, he was, I think he served 30 years in oh prison for robbery. And they interviewed him and the FBI agent that arrested him. And their friends, and the FBI helped um, get him out of prison, and now officially, through Donald Trump, he has been pardoned for his crimes. Uh, it was definitely a first for an RNC activity. There hasn't been a live pardoning. And, uh, and yeah, that was a, a highlight. And then also, in that same vein... He uh, welcomed, like, six people to U.S. citizenship. Yeah, which they didn't know about. Or, I mean, sorry, that they didn't know he was going to use that for that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, <clears throat> and you know, you know if, if the guy who was pardoned, you know, if he's, you know, rehabilitated and, and, and seen the light and he's not, like, you know, going to be a, a threat to society again, then that then that's fine to give him that that opportunity to have that removed from his record. That's a good thing. And for all those people who um, became U.S. citizens, now they have a chance to, you know, work hard and, and be a part of the fabric of this uh, nation. That's awesome. Uh, it sucks when it's being used as a ploy for a national focused convention, and it's totally unprecedented. Either of those things being involved. In, in a convention. Uh, obviously, this year was the strangest conventions ever mm -hmm. being with social distancing. But yeah, those are two of my kind of outlier, outlier highlights. Uh, I have a couple other points from speeches, but what, what from the RNC do, do you think stand, stands out or that you remember? I mean, I forget the woman who <clears throat> said it, but like when, uh, when I opened up this segment with what the best is yet to come and just like the culmination of the whole idea of the RNC felt like they were trying to say, hey, you can vote for us. We're not racist. Right. And we're on how you live. Right. We know what they mean. 
right? They know, one, yes, you are explicitly racist. We know this. Like, some of y'all own it. Some of y'all tried to pretend like you're not, right? And, but, of course, we're past all that bullshit, and we want to get to the systemic stuff. But you got a whole, like, propaganda machine that pushes that shit down. And I feel like the RNC was a culmination of that propaganda machine that tries to push it all down. And, right. and I'm just like, and, and the other thing that I find hilarious, hilarious being someone who generally wants to bring various aspects of like what some people would use derogatorily as the radical left or, <laughs> right, um, or just like progressive like actions when it comes to like Green New Deals and new jobs and everything like that, that they call Joe Biden of all people. An Antifa, like, a shadow progressive that is going to make life so hard for you to live in the suburbs. I'm like, what are y'all smoking? I don't want yeah. any of it, but what the hell did you think? Like, have you not read the room? Progressives fucking hate the fact. They hate the fact that Joe Biden is the nominee, right? Like, I mean, 100%. right? Like, <laughs> but we've read Sun Tzu. And Sun Tzu did some war stuff, and he says the enemy of your enemy is your friend, right? So, right? Like, if you about being practical and you want the outcomes that's going to get you what you want to at least bring back some semblance of the status quo so you don't have to be like, is this minority person going to die because of this shit? Are we going to still have people fucking locked up in cages, right? You really think right. saying, like, he's an Antifa person is going to tell any of us to be like, no, we're not voting for Joe Biden. What the fuck you mean? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, the whole Antifa connection with Joe Biden just does not make sense. <laughs> and and the idea of him like being part of the radical left is also crazy. Um <clears throat> I do I do wanna like make t shirts that say like I am the radical re- left and then have like super eighties like BMX and skateboard yeah. memes going on it. <laughs> We're the totally um, tubular left, y'all. Yo, yeah, sick, radical. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was it was nonstop like fear mongering, and what did they say? It was like eleven. How many? It was eleven of the speakers had the last name Trump. Wow, I think that's what they said. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, it was it was it was crazy. Maybe it was six. I don't know. It was like there was there was so many because. He had all of his daughters, his sons. Um, but he even had Tiffany? He, yeah, Tiffany. They brought spoke. out Tiffany? Yeah. Oh, shit. They dead ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Tiffany's no, the it, one you don't hear from. Like, yeah, you, you brought yeah. out Tiffany, dog? Yeah, it was it, it was wild, man. And, uh, and, and ultimately, it's all, you know... It, and it ended with like the longest fireworks I'd ever seen, like to end like, you know, an event like that, as opposed to something like a Fourth of July fireworks, you know, which is like forty-five minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was like twenty minutes of straight fill the sky with fireworks, fireworks after Trump's speech. Like, like I mean, it, that feels very on brand. <laughs> yeah, it was it was wild, and. uh and and but yeah, between him and Pence, Pence did, Pence did his speech from Baltimore, at Fort, uh, is it? Oh man, Fort McHenry, it's 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 the fort that was the um the site of the writing of the Star Spangled Banner, 
And so oh. during the fight for Baltimore, oh. the battle for Baltimore, when uh, English uh, uh, military was shelling this fort, mm-hmm. um, it might have been Fort McKinley, but yeah, it's this fort in Baltimore. They were shelling the fort from all sides, and uh, the the writer for the Star Spangled Banner, I don't know if that's, what is that, Francis Scott Key? Mm-hmm. Um, witnessed it and wrote the storyline about how after all the shelling and the smoke had cleared and and what seemed like no, there was no hope the 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 stars and stripes were still uh waving and that that inspired him to write the star spangled banner and so from that same fort is where mike pence delivered his speech to a crowd of about a hundred people and i think i saw two people wearing masks and the whole point of the speech is, you know, if you vote for the left, our whole world is going to crumble. You know, it's going to be riots in the streets. You know, cops are going to get start getting shot. There's no safety in, for anybody. Um, yeah, it's just fear, 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 fear. And for some reason, it works for their, you know, the masses of people that vote for their side. It's like it like they eat it like candy. And and that's why I was sitting there watching this shit like, God fucking damn it. This is the shit that's going to work in Pennsylvania. This is the shit that's going to work in Indiana. And like these are, you know, those Midwest states. It's like that's where we got to win this. And for some reason, this whole like, you know, hold the rioters at bay and, and the and the Antifa and the, the radical left is, you know, is on their minds like it's coming for them like 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 democrats are like coming for their children you know yeah no it was <clears throat> it's interesting because i was listening to something this morning and they were talking about um biden's speech that he did like yesterday um condemning like basically the america's no good bad terrible week which seems to be like every week and it just re-escalates itself every week because we live in the dumbest timeline but um, but they were talking about how the the whole fear mongering of the RNC is effective because some people are asking those questions. Like there was one that they took a snippet of a lady where like Trump said something like, "You don't see this happen. You only see this in Democrat-led cities, right?" To basically say like, "Yeah, you're not seeing these in conserv- some conservative-run cities, right?" And and the like, yes, you aren't seeing those in conservative-run cities. It's usually those cities aren't, like, multicultural, right? Usually they aren't, like, big metropolitan centers, right? They're yeah. usually, like, there, there is a certain, like, other things that play into it regardless of, like, and, and that's just, like, how humans seem to be, like, the, even since, you know, the times of the Pope, the people who lived in cities were highly religious, and the people who lived outside of cities were heretics because, you know, news doesn't travel as fast, right? So... So like, but but I get where like that means to someone implicitly is all like, yeah, no, we're never not gonna see that in my quiet part of America because we don't wall out against y'all motherfuckers and people in cities like, well, we got a fucking reason to wall out because these niggas is tripping, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it was most of the speakers. are all applauding Trump and, and you know, all the things. Like, it, it was really interesting because I think a lot of times in conventions, 
it doesn't really focus on the candidate. You know, it focuses on the issues as each speaker kind of goes through and talks about um, kind of what they stand for and, and what they believe and how they think their party is going to take it. And then kind of the last night, everything towards the end, leading up to the vice president's speech and then ultimately the president's, becomes about the party and the and the ticket and the campaign and then ultimately the president speaks and is like i'm the one here's what we're going to do but like it felt like the republicans for four days were just fucking you know blowing straight smoke up fucking trump's ass you know the whole time it was just like how amazing trump is and what he's done for the country and he's the only one that can fight for this and that and I don't remember hearing it that way for like Bush or um, even for Trump in 2016. You know, it, it's I don't know if that's partially due to, you know, the lack of the audience and kind of trying to stay on messenger brand or if Trump had influence on it and was like, yeah, I'll let you speak. But you really got to hammer it home that I'm the reason everything's going to be OK. And, you know, and it was funny because people have pointed out, what was it uh, Bill Maher said? Um, because, you know, uh, Trump has kind of got, walked us into a corner with a lot of things, you know, with the, the COVID and, and the way the economy's going and, and kind of, you know, w what we're going to do about it and, and not addressing the, the protests as legitimate and making them out to being riots and all these things that it's like, Bill Maher stated it as the the only way that you can fix a Trump presidency is by electing me, Donald Trump, and I, I alone can correct the vision of the previous four years. So let's like we know the like well we can surmise that the very like authoritarian things that he's doing, um, is what he wants to do and assert his power more and keep feeding that base. So. He, he has what he wants as an individual person and gives what he wants for his business people and his business compatriots. Right. But I also think that we should look at this from basically the legislature and basically they haven't done jack all in four years. Right. Like. Right. Right. Because like what are because at first you had the first two years where Republican House, Republican Senate and um, Trump as the president. And did they pass any meaningful bills? No. Were they able to take away um, Obamacare? No. Right? And and because there really wasn't, like, there was, like, build the wall and there was all this other bigoted bullshit. Like, there's a lot of, like, downstream things that he did in the different agencies that we didn't really track much. Like, the people he put in the EPA, even up to recently now with the post office. When it's come to that shit... Right. He fucked shit up. Like when it came to the, like the state office and when it came to people being ambassadors to different places across the world, he's like slashed them like a lot and they became ineffective. So there's a lot of parts of our bureaucracy that he fucked up that nobody right. really talks about a lot. Right. And we tried to talk yeah. it, about it from here, like here and there. But there's a fuck ton of shit. He did the fuck up like our bureaucracy, like putting Ajit Pai on the FCC so you can get rid of net neutrality because so you can give more money to um, the internet companies that already have a monopoly on the right. internet and they can sell you a shitty product at an inflated price. Well, guess right. what? Trump did that for every other fucking one too, right? Like, or some, I can't tell you the specifics, but 
if you're pissed off about that, be pissed off about every other cabinet agency as well, too, because his stink is on it. And right. Right. And yeah, I know. And, and that's and that's that's his I mean, that's his M.O., you know, is is uh, make it illegitimate, tear it apart, replace it with somebody that hates it and then run it into the ground, mm-hmm. you know, and at every turn, commercialize it, make more money and somehow, you know, wind up with some backdoor dealings that he can actually profit on once he does choose to leave the office. Because, you know, let's face it, we've, we do have some potential that this guy could be setting up to call this election fraudulent. He's already using the rhetoric against mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. So, you know... Uh, which we, you, we, which we got... you know is targeted, right? He knows that it works, and that's why he's so against it. Right. And, right. and and here's the thing. I'm still on their email channels while he's out there saying like mail in voting is a scam in his emails. He's saying, make sure you sign up early. So, like, don't believe the yeah. hype, people <clears throat> don't believe the hype. You know how effective it is. So let's band together and do our shit to make sure that we have a title force of votes that come through because we had that happen. Like every like there's a lot of people like right now. Basically, we have Joe Biden. People who like Joe Biden, at least in the city of Seattle, I would say have a certain level of distaste, disdain, or just overall, you know, unlikability about one of our city council members. Um, yep. Right? And she looked like she was going to lose until the people who vote late started getting all their votes in. And then all of a sudden, it went from, like, a guy who was a big part of the gay community on Capitol Hill was a known businessman Right. And everyone. And then he came out as like, you know, Cosmo Savant is not being the type of city council member that you want people to be. But the progressives were like, no, fuck you. No, we want her. We want you to be in your face. You know what? Tax Jeff Bezos. (laughs) So, yeah. Right. So, like, we know. Yeah. And Jeff Bezos is leaving town, you know, for those that aren't in the Seattle politics. Jeff Bezos is has been investing in Seattle for pretty much the better part of 15 years you know his company's definitely about 25 years old but he kind of was on the outskirts for a while and then he really just he was on beacon investing. hill that ain't the outskirts <laughs> well he, he had one location in beacon hill and he he he, he still had some investment in the east side he's kind of always had uh, engineers come from there and stuff but now he's been investing specifically in the downtown core which was one of the first tech people to do that you know microsoft never did that you know nintendo never did that boeing never did that so you know it was a change of pace and it was it was wanted by the city because he did impact economically in a positive way a lot of areas that had had gone underdeveloped but it also skyrocketed uh housing costs and 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 eventually now he he's turned down the opportunity to build several buildings he was going to build and he's also turned down occupancy in certain buildings that he was going to lease. And ultimately, he said that he's going to, in the next like five years, vacate the city ultimately to go to um, the Bellevue area, which is the city just outside of town, due to the, the city council's tactics of trying to get what originally was slated as a head tax, but essentially as a tax on large employers, businesses that profit off the city, that can cause such a, a spike in housing costs and traffic and all these other things that 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 money can be afforded to provide structure and infrastructure to um, to combat those things. 
and and help some of the um, victims of that, like the homeless communities, the artist communities, people that aren't necessarily wealthy enough to to own homes in the downtown area anymore. Mm-hmm. So that just to kind of keep people up to speed is is what he's talking about when he says um, the head tax and Amazon. So and you know, meanwhile, Amazon, as we all know in in national news, is breaking profit uh, records left and right. You know. And I think it's about to be the second $2 trillion company. Right. The man is worth $200 billion now. And he gave money in his divorce. You know yeah. what? I don't say this very often, but Jeff Bezos, you can eat a whole entire ass. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go on, as you were saying. But yeah, no. What I was saying is like, like when like Trump is saying one thing, because I do think that like Trump has some degree of tactical brilliance that we don't give him credit for because he's so openly a buffoon, right? And, like, he loves saying one thing but then doing another thing behind your back, right? So when it comes to, like, this mail-in ballot thing, right, and just, like, basically just overall the RNC, um, what I'm saying is, like, we we need to do what we can in order to make sure, like, like so many people out there are still getting disenfranchised with the vote, right? There's going to be so many people that have to vote in person, even though there's still going to be a raging pandemic happening, right? November is like the start of cold seasons for some people, right? Like, so right. the potency of COVID being around in those cold seasons because coronaviruses and the like have seemed to have more effectiveness in that weather. So, like, right. that's something that we have to think about, right? There's the continued effort of, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, basically, different political organizations online to adopt states, those battleground states like North Carolina and Pennsylvania to like get the votes out there, right? Make sure that people like look for the people who feel disenfranchised and see what they can do, right? And because there is a balance of people, there are people out there, and, and even anecdotally in my life, there is a person or two I know that said I voted for Trump in 2016, and I will vote for them for again in 2020, and I got blocked, you know, before I could ask any questions, right? But, like, there are people who are determined to have him as our president again, right? Right. And so we got to pull every lever that we have. And, like, I'm sorry, like, you got to be black people on this one. Black people got to work twice as hard to get half as much, right? And that's where we're at right now. Because the RNC, or or I should say the Republican Party, the Grand Old Party, whatever you want to call them, have done a brilliant Mm -hmm. job of mitigating all the levers of local governments, state governments, and federal governments that give themselves the tactical advantage when it comes to voting, which gives us the tactical disadvantage when it comes to voting. Right? right. So, so yeah. Like, I know, like, I, I remember I said at the beginning of this, I'm still upset about Joe Biden, but you know what? We got to get off our asses. We got to do what we can to make it a landslide victory. Or else, you know, shenanigans are going to happen, and we ain't going to like what those shenanigans mean. I'm, I mean, and to be perfectly frank, I'm worried because mm-hmm. he is so hated and there are so many people that are going to sit on the sidelines because of their lack of support for him that I'm really worried for our Democratic counterparts coming and showing up for this election in the, in the numbers that we need them to. And um, I, I, honestly, it's an uphill battle at this moment. And I know that always is the case with a sitting president, mm-hmm. but it, it feels more so th- this time than ever, um, just based on... A lot of times in the past, it's felt like the right candidate got nominated. You know, the, the closest thing to 
this was the um, Hillary Obama year, 2008. And ultimately, people, you know, on, on, on the party were like, no, we think the right guy got the nomination. And, um, you know, she got her shot at it the, the, the next time. But um, this time, there's so many people, so many people that are not happy with this Biden choice. And there's protest votes and all kinds of things that are going to get in the way when those numbers start coming through from those six or seven states, you know, the, the Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, you know, Minnesota and, and Florida, those type states, it's so neck and neck that we can't have that bullshit protest vote stuff go down. You know? Yeah, no, that's why I talk about what outcomes do you want, right? Like, are you yeah. fine with your protest vote if the outcomes don't work out in your favor? Are you doing things in your life right now to make sure all the outcomes in your life that you want are coming out in your favor? If the answer is yes, you might cheat. If the answer is no, how come? Right? Like, I mean, yeah. sometimes, I, I mean, I say how come, but some people might yell at me and say, like, no, I have real fucking reasons I can't do this shit, Chaz. So fuck you. Eat my whole entire ass. And <laughs> it's like, all right, I feel you. Right? But if you just sitting there just being, like, butthurt and shit, right? Like, no. The enemy of your enemy is your friend. Do what you effectively need to at least get to a point where, you know, the equilibrium of America will not shift back to where it was before because, you know, we're in a different time. We understand things about politics, like what what is closer to becoming policy in the Overton window sense is different than it was in 2008 or in the year 2000. Right. right. So we're not going to get that. We're not. That's why I don't like to say normal because nothing's ever normal. There's just like, you know, a bunch of tropes that come together to create the status quo. And those things change over time, sometimes in big leaps, sometimes in small leaps, right? So, right. And so, and that's where we're at. We're currently in this weird status quo where, like, I'm working from home, right? You at work have to wear masks all the time. Every time yep. I go to the store to grab something, I feel weird. Every time I see someone talking on the phone without their mask on, I just want to push their shit in, right? Like, that's the <laughs> times we live in, right? But, you know, yeah. uh, I don't want to live in this times four more years with someone who just doesn't know how to effectively get the outcomes that not only affect you and me, but affect the most people and affect the most people in a way that's going to benefit them over a long time. Right. Yeah. And let, let's be frank. People yeah. will die. Like yeah, I don't want to have already died and, and do the fear mongering, but people are dying in the streets right now, you know, and, and this president is, is to blame for some of it. I'm not saying, you know, he's the reason that individuals are, you know, being murdered at these protests or, or unarmed black people are being murdered. But his rhetoric, his support for the causes of the people that are creating the problems are killing people. Mm -hmm. And ultimately giving him that power for another four years is extremely dangerous. And because it's technically his last term, let's hope if that is what happens, it it almost gives him a blank check, you know, and, and that's something we don't want to give this guy. Oh yeah. I mean, if, he's terrible with money. I don't care how rich people think he is. He's terrible. Right. I mean, if you <laughs> really think that like America, like the country, like if you want us to still be like this great country and all that other shit, like, I mean, my cynicism goes, I don't know about all that, but, <laughs> um, right. But yeah, like if you if you dead ass want like America to still be a country, then you probably should vote Joe Biden in real talk, right? Because if you right. like, I mean, we dead ass close to a civil war, 
Right. Like I I almost thought like I was I was really afraid that the Patriot Prayer dude that got shot in Portland would turn into uh-huh. the shot heard around the world. Right. Like right. like that right. to me, like we don't know enough information about it right now because it was still it's still a developing story. Um, right. But like that can turn into some shit. Right, because they're the ones who want to have a ground skirmish with guns, right? Because they're the ones who are ready for that shit, right? Right. So, exactly. so it's <clears throat> like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, how about we start talking right. about the RNC and talk yep. about like what we can do? Okay, and also a little bit about the other party. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, the, that, the, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Like that's what's grand- about DNC. The grand national Zoom meeting that was the Democratic National Convention. Oh my God! Oh my God! Unfo- I, I mean, the problem was the 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 RNC knew what they were doing, so they had better locations. They had use of like official channels to use the White House and all that stuff. But man, did the did the the Democrats looked like a low-budget college film compared to like the almost Steven Spielberg-esque nature of the of the videos and the interviews and the speeches of the, the Republican Party. It right. was it was it was harsh. The 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 actual meat of the speeches, if you listen and you, or you read the trans, if you read the transcripts of the Democratic National Convention, you will walk away a smarter person. You will walk away with a better grasp of what our country needs to do and where it's at. If you watch it, though, it's so awkward and hard to digest the way that they did it. It feels like a Zoom meeting. Like, it really did. Ugh. I mean, it's very lukewarm. I mean, we like, I don't know. As a leftist, since I've started to get more and more into politics and, like, look at, like, leftism and what that means, like, in the sense of, like, the center, and then was center left, what is center right, what does that mean now? What has that mean since um, Barack Obama was elected and all that? Yeah, it was still, like, the same shit, like, different DNC, basically, right? Like, yeah. everyone had powerful speeches, but of course they had powerful speeches if you're, like, you know, an intellectual liberal that gets off on that sort of thing, right? And, like, and if you are an intellectual liberal that gets off on that thing, I feel you because I get off on that thing, too. But I also know that other people don't. And other people find it lukewarm. They find it patronizing. They find it ineffective, right? And and really, like we, like at least for me being progressive, anybody who thinks being progressive is like putting towards new policy in order to like get things done and change the status quo in a good way, right? Right. Biden's like, no, but I gotta work with them too, you know. <laughs> so I'm just like, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I know, because he's so worried about losing that middle ground. Those mm-hmm. are those votes that are going to matter that, unfortunately, he doesn't come off as a strong Democratic leader. He starts leaning back to the center when he when he starts addressing the idea of voting because he's worried about those middle votes. But it, it it's a double-edged sword because he's also going to lose those votes for the, the kind of Elizabeth Warren and mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders camp people. Um, you know, and that, speaking of which, you know, it started off with heavy hitters, you know, uh, what do we had on the first night you had, uh, Bernie Sanders as the headliner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had Stacey Abrams the second night. 
with Nancy Pelosi as well. Michael Bloomberg spoke at Thursdays. Uh, and uh, Furiously and rolls course, eyes. Joe Biden, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's... It's interesting. You know, I think I think the Republicans had better advisors as far as what they wanted to deliver and how they wanted to deliver it given the constraints of COVID and the distance and not being able to have the kind of rally atmosphere. And I think the Democrats somehow ended up coming off as they needed the audience. They needed the cheers. They needed the emotion of having... 10,000 supporters and delegates in the room, you know? That's true. Um, I did, yeah. I did like that they, when they were doing all the individuals voting um, for Biden to be the presidential nominee, that they took people from, like, every different state and saw different things there. So you got to see the multiculturalism of America. You got to see uh, different people in different jobs from America. So I do think, like, for the right people, the DNC was lukewarm, but, like, for their key constituency, lukewarm is what they like, right? Yeah, and, right. And another criticism I heard from the crooked media guys was it feels like Joe Biden, whenever he makes a speech, like, it, they said that his uh, his presidential speech felt, or sorry, yeah, his uh, speech to take the nomination felt more like a presidential speech, like someone who was addressing America at the time, not like, thank you for the nomination. So I do feel right. like Joe Biden is trying to bring that like Jed Bartlett West Wing sort of vibe to the um, to America right now because we don't have that with Trump, right? And right. for some people, that's like a snuggly warm blanket that you can hold on to and like feel confident about, right? And for right. other people, they want to burn the fucking blanket, right? And I wanted to burn the motherfucking blanket people, but I understand <laughs> the people who like the blanket that feel cuddly inside. I get it. Right. Right? Well, <laughs> he, def he definitely was trying to offset you know, running against President Trump. You know, in 2016, mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton was running against candidate Trump. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden has to defeat President Trump. And so he, in that speech, was coming off more as Vice President Trump than candidate, or Vice President Biden than candidate Biden. Mm -hmm. You know, he was, he was speaking from a level of experience and, like you're saying, addressing the nation like mm -hmm. it was you know, from the Oval Office point of view. And, and I think that's kind of, you know, the best we're going to get from Biden is, is to lean on that. I mean, I hate to think that the only way he's going to get the office is on the coattails of Barack Obama, but... Whatever works at this point. I was going to say, let's, let's, not, <laughs> let's, let's not, like, mix it up. He's the nominee. Beggars can't be choosers, Raquel. <laughs> He was Barack Obama's vice president. That's why he's the nominee, you know. Um, so, so, so we'll see. Uh, I, I hope. I, what do you think? Are they gonna? You think they're gonna have any form of debates? You think they're gonna actually? Because it, it, I, I haven't heard anything about scheduling debates. I mean, and... they can do it. Like, it is not hard for them to do it over a Zoom meeting. Right, it's gonna be a little weird, right? And people, so weird. right? It's gonna be so weird, right? But I hope they do it. Like, I could see Trump saying no, um, because like he doesn't want to put the time and effort into it, right? Or, well, because okay, because does Trump have anything to gain from a debate? No. Or is it mostly Trump only has things to lose from a debate? 
I mean, the only thing he really has to gain, I think, personally, is that he can uh, dig his heels in more on, like, the, the stance, like, more of the cultural war things that he wants to bring right. forward. Because, like, right. I feel like if there was a debate, his answer would, would basically turn into, and culture war name, culture war name is going to destroy this thing, destroy this thing, and only I can, I can, insert, fix this here, vote for me. Like, that's all he's really going to say, right? Right. Like, it, well, it, and bully, we haven't seen, you know, full-on bully Trump yet, and, and that comes out in those debates. Is, does he want to flex that muscle? Is, is, it a, is it enough for him to be able to flex that Sleepy Joe muscle? See, here's the thing, right? Joe Biden, deadass, feels like the type of bull it, that his motto is uh, do no harm but take no shit, right? Like, <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like if Trump tried to, like, make a proverbial swing at him, like, verbally, he would come back and be like, motherfucker, please. <laughs> like, yeah. Well... <laughs> Yeah, I've been watching that Cobra Kai show. Oh, I love that show. <laughs> not to not to dive in. I mean, we'll make this my my interruption kind of part into this. But uh, you know, I, I I guess in a way, I want I want Biden to to be a member of the Cobra Kai dojo. <laughs> I want him to strike first. I want him to strike hard and no motherfucking mercy. <laughs> I mean, like that's like like sometimes I feel like you got a code switch into that. Right, like, I think you're going to make your life miserable if you were like that 100% of the fucking time. But some motherfuckers right. need no mercy, and sometimes you need to strike first, And so, right? Like, sometimes yeah. Yeah. situations call for that, and you got to be that, you got to be the type of person that recognizes when you're in that type of situation, and then you got to be the type of person that can execute on it so you can come out on top. But anyway, exactly. But I feel you. Yeah, but still, in real life, you know, Danny LaRusso forever. <laughs> R.I.P. Mr. Miyagi, Pat Morita. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I love Cobra Kai, right? Because I loved yeah. how the main character in Cobra Kai, like, I, I'm watching a lot of shows now that, especially that takes things from, like, the past, like, the 80s and the 90s and how we understand the ways those were problematic and what happens now. Like, he, he, right. like he had his formidable years in, like, as a character as, in the 70s and the 80s. Right, so now he's all like, "What is this computer thing?" Right? How do you work a website? What do you mean girls can do this? Right? Like, right, it, it's right. sort of like, like so. Any parent from that time, or maybe even a grandparent watching it, can go, "Oh." Then the kids now is gonna be like, "See what I mean? See what I mean?" Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Take so yeah. There's my my interlude mixed into our discussion about the Democratic convention is uh, take a take a peek at Cobra Kai. Uh, and if you don't know the source materials, definitely go watch Karate Kid 1 and 2. Uh, yeah, you can watch Part 3, and yeah, you can watch the one with, uh, uh, what is it, Will Smith's son. Oh, uh, yeah. And there's <laughs> but, also uh, the next Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but Part 1 and Part 2 are the, uh, the predecessor for this show, Cobra Kai. Now on Netflix, formerly on YouTube Red. And I like how Netflix packaged it, and they put money behind it, and they're also going to do a third season. So, oh, yeah. deadass. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Obviously yeah. on hold now because of COVID. But, of course. But, ba but back to, to Biden and, and strapping on his uh, Cobra Kai gi, uh, it, 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 it's going to be a battle whether there's a debate or not because even if they don't do a debate, they're going to be in the media – you know, they're going to be on the political shows. They're going to be mm -hmm. being interviewed. 
delivering their messages, um, putting out their, their ads, you know, this ad was sponsored by Biden or what is it? What does it say? The, what is the thing at the end of the ad? Oh yeah. I am Joe Biden and I approve this message and I approve this message. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to be coming at each other through the media, whether they're actually in the same space or not, Mm -hmm. or sharing a a zoom channel. So he's going to have to be on the attack. He's going to have to be decisive. And he really, that no mercy joke that I was making it's there's a poignant part to it is Trump doesn't have mercy when it comes to anyone on the Democrats or on the left. No, you know, he he has none. And so it it is what you're saying. Yeah. You'll destroy your heart and soul if you make that the basis of your identity and who you are. Mm -hmm. But there's also times to take no shit, you know, Mm -hmm. and to, and to throw it, you know, call a spade a spade and and fight back, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, fighting back is, an element of politics it's an element of being an american and it's an element of life you know mm-hmm. like uh, we want everything to be care bears and lollipops and like everything's good and the end of 30 minutes full house episode the problem is solved but the reality is things do keep coming at you and if you're not willing to stand up for them and fight they'll roll mm-hmm. you over yes sir so, yeah and so you know in politics is no you know, excuse or an example of something that doesn't use that. So he's going to have to fight and he's going to not fight dirty, but fight hard, you know? Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> my last uh, plea uh, before we head out, because I didn't have much to say after the DNC. I basically, uh, my main too long didn't read about it is. Yes, RNC, you still racist. Stop fucking around with that shit. DNC, I get you lukewarm, but I guess it's the best we got for right now. But what I want to say is, like, one, we we got to put first things first, right? And if you want to, like, if you want to build this wave of, like, progressivism and getting more things uh, through, uh, we got to put more people in all forms of legislature, right? Like, we've had the 40-year plan of the RNC, and we're coming up against that. We're probably going to need another 40-year plan. Deadass. Like, right. Right? So right. we got to understand, like, I know in that 40 years, like, we're worried about the climate. The climate doesn't have 40 years. Right? So that's probably should be the first thing that we put first. But before we can do all of that, we don't need this fuck nut in office. Right? And yeah. if your goal is to get back, to get to a starting point again, where we can start affect that change and, and start delivering messages that do allow for that change to affect people from all across the political spectrum. If somebody's like, yo, like, seeing this one ad from a guy who was a mayor of a town in uh, West Massachusetts and now is running for Congress, um, it was all about, like, how, like, you know, in, like, the 50s, 60s, and 70s, there were uh, different, what is it called, factories and stuff. Like, there was ways for people to make money without having to have access to education and everything. Then, like, 80s and 90s, that started going away. And then now we get to, like, the 2010s, 2020s, and our whole landscapes look different. Like, that was Pete Buttigieg's appeal, right? trying to lift those places up. And, right. <clears throat> and there is ways for everybody who wants to do the Green New Deal. You can make so many jobs if you put money in the infrastructure. And if you put money in the infrastructure and people who are once de- disenfranchised from the job market come back, their satisfaction um, can come up like one of our old member or, or like old people who are on the show, Kyle, 
Uh, definitely, mm-hmm. Peep said that, like, oh, you don't think those places over there in Europe are racist? Oh, they're racist. They just don't do anything about it because their lives are good, right? And I'm not saying that we can't, we shouldn't tell people not to be racist, right? Or, or that we should, like, push it under the rug when people's lives are good or anything like that. No, we right. still need to be saying, like, you know, do no harm, take no shit. People being racist is taking people's shit, and we say we don't take those shit, right? But yeah. definitely, what I got from that was like, oh, so you're saying if you provide things for people, people are less likely to pop the fuck off, right? Which I do think is true. Because some of that popping the fuck off is because people don't have Neat their thing. basic living standards met right. by the mechanism right. of capitalism, right? Yeah. You, you could pinpoint a lot of shoplifting and mm-hmm. petty theft to the needs factor. Exactly. You know? You know, there's a greed factor to some of it where it's kind of like pre-planned and they've got warehouses of stolen goods. Mm -hmm. But the majority of it is literally uh, one-on-one theft trying to make it, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to get something to get something else. Exactly. Right. Um, Well, we've crossed the threshold. So I just want to put one thing out there. It's it's still the theme of this show. If you're out there and you've got to a desire to, to make change in your neighborhood, always vote up and down the ballot, keep an eye out on your local politics, and we're going to have to do this from the school board to the president. Everything in between, keep an eye out, because each of those individual positions of power have an effect on you and the community you live in. So if you want to fight for change, it's from the top to the bottom and from the bottom to the top. And you can always get a hold of me, at Seatown Mayor on the Twitter sphere. That's S E A T O W N M A Y O R. And that's because I'm helping your municipality by the coast. Shoot us an email at H Y L B O X at gmail.com. That's the show's email box. How can they get a hold of you, Chaz? Uh, they can get a hold of me at uh, the random musings of Chaz Baz uh, on Facebook.com um, and Chaz Dash Baz on the Instagram. And I'm going to leave you with one thing, y'all. Out there, tell your friends. Put first things first. Vote for Joe Biden. Because those motherfuckers who voting for uh, Trump, they putting their own first things first. So that's all exactly. I got to say. No mercy. All right, Chad. <laughs> great. You, you look good, bud. We'll have to get together somehow in some social distance measure. Indeed. Uh, good to see you, man. Good to see you, and too. We, we out. Peace. Cost money, beat the charge money, fast money, push the start money, large money, Escobar money. Uh, little advice, always ask spice, always get the liquor with the ice. I don't give a fuck if that's white, fuck a bag, any bitch, and it's all white, nice. Dang, right, nah, if you tell me, no, I'm getting tight, look.